Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, and this is a happy, hippie place where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. Hi, thanks for joining me for episode 344 of Hippie Witch, Magic for a New Age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the kooky creatrix behind Kick-Ass Witch, Putting the K in Magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and all that good shit, and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page. For this episode, back on Vlog Talk Radio, where you will also find a link to today's very special guest, someone that I bet you know, and if you don't know her by name, I bet you know this, Biddy Tarot. Raise your hand if you know what Biddy Tarot is. I bet you do, because I know you all are tarot lovers, so welcome to the show, the woman behind Biddy Tarot, Bridget Essamont. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much. Hi. <laughs> what a fun intro. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm realizing too, like you are the mother of many a tarot career. You are not you are not just the lady behind Biddy Tarot for those of us who want to like learn tarot on the internet, which we all end up gravitating toward your awesome website, but you also teach directly. Yeah, absolutely. I mean when I when I first started, like literally more than 20 years ago, uh, it was very much just about my own little hobby and um, putting what I was learning about the tarot, putting that up on my website. And then it started to become a bit more about doing readings for other people online. And then really in these last few years, I've really focused on teaching other people how to read tarot because I think that's where the magic is at when you start to discover how to use the cards to access your own intuition rather than having someone else read it for you. I think there's so much more power when you learn how to read the cards for yourself. So that's where I'm focused uh, right now. It's very much on teaching people the power and the magic of tarot. I love that. I love that. And you have a book coming up now, like coming out this September. That's Is that going to be for people that are brand new to tarot? Yeah, absolutely. So the book is called Everyday Tarot. And the reason I created this book was I wanted to have a book that represented how I work with tarot and how I relate with tarot. And I wanted it to be something that could be accessible to like heaps of people. So for me, one of my my main mission in life is to bring tarot into the mainstream. I believe that tarot is this awesome, awesome tool that helps connect us to our intuition. And when we do that, we create really great lives, um, not just for ourselves, but also for other people. So the whole purpose of everyday tarot is presenting tarot in a way that it's easy to use and it's also practical. Um, So the book is like filled with practical activities, things that will help you connect, say, with relationships and have much better relationships with people or in your career and work, you know, how you find work that is in alignment with your purpose in this lifetime and then how does tarot help you find that alignment. Uh, there's even a full chapter on how to make decisions with tarot and not so much like those decisions where it's like, right, what should I do here? But more, 
how can I weigh up my options and then move forward with a good feeling and a good understanding of, of what's in front of me? So a uh, short answer after that long one is that, yes, like everyday tarot, it's designed really for people who might have been practicing tarot for years and are getting a little bit bored with just doing plain old readings, um, but also for people who are new to tarot and want to use it in a way that just makes sense. Like instead of having to do all these complicated spreads, you know, that's got 78 cards in them, I just want it to be easy and I want it to be something that people can pick up and get value from, you know, straight away from the get-go. Yeah, so you basically just gave the Cliff Notes version of everything I wanted to ask you about. So that, there's our there's our podcast outline for the day. That was perfect. <laughs> and now we know who to blame for tarot going mainstream, which is one of the things I wanted to ask you about. Yeah. Uh, because if you have been reading for over 20 years, and especially just being as involved in the tarot community as you are, teaching other tarot readers how to read, teaching people to read from themselves, having this really amazing resource for people that just kind of like lurk in the shadows and want to read blog posts and teach themselves. Those people are going to love your book, by the way. But um, I'm sure that you've seen the progression that has sort of escalated all of a sudden in recent years with just, I mean, talk about tarot going mainstream. Like what has been your experience of what it was like 20 years ago and then what it's been like these last five years, let's say. Yeah, it's been really interesting. And, I mean, you always see things, things through your own eyes. So certainly in my earlier years, I kept quite quiet about me reading tarot. So of course, I thought the whole world was like keeping it, you know, in the shadows. And now that I'm being really open and out there, now I'm thinking that the whole world is now being open and mm -hmm. out there. Um when maybe, you know, it's always been out there to begin with. But, you know, I do think there has been quite a resurgence of tarot in the last five years in a in a really, like, new and modern way, which I think is super exciting. So, like, the number of decks that are going out, like, it's just huge. And it's so exciting also seeing all of these different decks with new interpretations of, you know, these ancient cards. Um we're seeing like really simplified decks, you know, actually with our book, we're releasing um, a tarot deck called Everyday Tarot, go figure, uh, which is like a simplification of the right of weight and it's much more modern interpretation. But then you're also seeing decks like the Wild Unknown. I mean, that has just absolutely taken off. And I think, um, you know, kudos to Kim Kranz for creating that deck because I think that's really led the way in the modernization of tarot as well. Yeah. Um, and so now we're seeing like tarot appearing in, you know, I think it's in Vogue. Um, it's across all of like, you know, Refinery29, Nylon. It's really making a strong appearance uh, in more mainstream media. And it's making an appearance in a really positive way. I think that's the neat thing too. We're not just seeing it as kind of like the Miss Cleo, the fortune telling, the appearing into the crystal ball stuff the sort of hyped up version of tarot, we're actually seeing it come through in a way that is, I believe, like really honouring this the, the wisdom of tarot and that is using it as a self-help tool, as a way to really um, understand and discover more about who you are and, and what your role is in the world. So for me, it's super exciting to see tarot come out into the mainstream in this way 
because I think we're making a really positive change. But, of course, there are, like, a bunch of people who think, you know what, Taru shouldn't be in the mainstream and it should be something that is occult and, uh, you know, kind of kept secret and hidden. And I do want to respect, you know, we each have different ideas for what Taru is and isn't and how it should be portrayed in the world. So I'm all about the mainstream and getting it out there, but I fully acknowledge that for some, probably prefer that it wasn't in the mainstream. Yeah, so maybe they think way. it's maybe they think it's frivolous. I, I I don't know. I personally enjoy. I think it's a really exciting time for artists. I've gotten to interview quite a few people that have created decks, including Kim Kranz, back when the Wild Unknown was pretty new, and I've seen all of these amazingly talented indie creators, artists creating their own decks, and they do it at such a high level. Uh, but what I think is happening, and this is me just totally guessing and being obsessed with pop culture, is I I feel it's kind of being embraced by the wellness industry in a way and being used as a an power of a tool of empowerment. And, and I yeah. see like crystals and astrology, these things. I think because women are driving the market now because of the internet, we we have more of a voice and more of a say and it's changing these industries and we're like, we want our tarot with our mushroom lattes and our <laughs> our meditation <laughs> and our yoga. Like, this is how we take care of ourselves. So it, it comes out of the shadow. Maybe it's something a lot of us have already always done, but when you destigmatize something like that, it opens it up for a lot more people to get involved. Yeah, and I think what's neat is that our understanding of tarot is evolving. Um, and look, yes, there's still, you know, this kind of misperception that tarot is about fortune telling or it's just a frivolous party activity that you do. Uh, but I also think we're getting a stronger message out there that this is about connecting with our intuition. And when we connect with our intuition, it's a freaking superpower. Do you know, it's it's not something that we need to hide and or like giggle about and say, oh, I do this thing on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it is the thing that gives us this extra power and um, place in the world. And I think, you know, for hundreds of years, like we've squashed it down because we've been persecuted for it. Uh, but now I feel like we're in this beautiful uprising where we can stand proud of our connection with our intuition. And, of course, Tarot is just one tool of, of getting to that place, but I think it's playing an important role yeah. in legitimizing uh, our connection with our intuition. Yes. I want to acknowledge the men, too. I didn't mean that, that Tarot is just for women. I just – I <laughs> you mentioned Vogue, and that's kind of where my mind went because I just see women, like, really – embracing it in a in droves I don't know where all these women are coming from but um so many men are involved in 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 the business too and I wanted to acknowledge that you were talking about the the deck that is the book and the deck are separate right yeah they're sold separately but they definitely have a very similar look and feel that's Mm -hmm. for sure and and they can be used beautifully together it reminds me of like 1920s art deco like it has this very uh gerald murphy feel to it or maybe like the 1960s when the pop art movement was taking over advertising it's like this 2d flat art nouveau kind of thing that i really really love and there's only three colors it's deep purple gold and white yes yeah that's it yeah yeah so i worked with um illustrator eleanor grosh and 
this is definitely her style of kind of that sort of flat design. Um, what I love about it is it just, I, again, it modernizes it, but it also simplifies it. So when we were creating the deck, we got really mindful about like what are the key symbols that are important to each card and can we take away some of the other stuff that may be a little bit distracting so that then the reader is really just focused on the things that matter the most. And then we've almost done like a reinterpretation of, um, of many of the cards. So one, the one that I love, and you have to do a search on Google for it if you're listening to this so you can see it, the Knight of Swords. So um, we've swapped her into a lady and she's Athena and she's on her horse and she's like charging for it. And I just love the energy of this card, the Knight of Swords. Um, and we've done it with quite a few cards where we've swapped the gender. We've also got that beautiful diversity in terms of those three colours. We've got different, you know, skin colours. Now we have purple skin colour and gold and white. Um, and even, uh, you know, some of the cards uh, have just, yeah, we've just changed things up a little. You know, the Empress, I'm just seeing like her earring is, uh, her earring is the symbol of Venus. So just placed, you know, things in different places and had some fun there. Yeah, I love that. Well, Athena's my lady, so I really love that. I feel when you look at at images, I hope everybody just goes and Googles the stack so you can see what we're talking about. But when they are more abstract like that, I feel like that's really useful when you're reading Tarot because then you can project your own whatever onto the card. You see what you want to see. Yeah. You see the time period you want to see. You see the skin color you want to see. You you Some of the cards look even like a little androgynous. You see this the gender yes. you want to see. And I, I can see how that would enhance a reading. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny, like we just, we've made some slight adaptations. So if you were to put it against, say, the Rider weight, it on the surface, it pretty much looks it looks similar, like the same concept or the same story is being told, but then there are some slight adaptations. And then, um, for example, like with the Six of Swords, we've got the mother and the child in the boat, but this time we don't have the man rowing the boat. He's like out of view. And I think that's really neat because it just adds like a new layer of looking at the cards and what that might mean for you. You know, now that this, the rower of the boat is out of view, what, what difference does that bring to this card and what it means for you yeah. um and of course like we've definitely kept in the story because whenever I'm teaching tarot it's very much about reading into the story and seeing what is that story and the symbols of the cards what do those mean for you um so that's still like 100% in the cards because um, I find do you know there's like more abstract decks I can't, my brain can't work with those because I'm not I'm not very abstract I'm very like <laughs> logical um so we just had we made sure that was you know what you see is what you get you can tell what what the card is yeah um I like I like working with I like to say Smith because I just like to give Pamela Coleman Smith the credit <laughs> so I usually say Rider Waite Smith I like working with decks based on the Rider Waite Smith even though I don't read with the original I and I like looking at it from all the different angles and I feel like as long as it's based on that root, I'm deepening my understanding of that one story, that that system of symbols. Mm. And so I enjoy it because a lot of decks are based on that. So you get to kind of look at it from all these different angles. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
What's and the then purple? actually, what's, oh, sorry, I have to know what the purple is about. Sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> oh, no, no, that's so, um, so what the purple? Actually, the colours we chose uh, originally because I wanted to have that um, connection with the Biddy Tarot colours. So we love like purple and teal. Uh, and the reason for that, like one, I just think they're really cool colours mm-hmm. <laughs> and I really like them together. Like I have so many, a lot of my clothes, my runners, my trainers, sorry, I like purple and teal. Um, but at, you know, at a deeper level, more symbolic level, purple is that really like rich, um, regal and spiritual colour, uh, particularly like a deeper purple. I was very mindful about choosing something that had that richness and depth to it. Um, and then, of course, the gold for me, again, is just like that little bit of elegance. Um, and, again, gold is um, a very sort of regal colour. Uh, and, of course, white is that purity, the pure energy. Uh, so combined in from, from my perspective, I feel that these colours really lend themselves to a deeper spiritual connection and they just look really cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I wrote down royal. So I do like if you're working with the queen archetype, it might be a cool deck to work with because it's it's not like that. It's not like Lakers purple and gold. It's like a, you were saying it's a very rich, deep, sophisticated purple. Yeah, it was funny actually when we were selecting the colors. Like originally, we had some different. Um, like purple and, and yellow or purple and golds. And I was showing it to my team. They're like, uh, yeah, that's, that was my high school uniform. Yes. No, you can't have that. <laughs> well, I think there's an alcohol brand that has sim- like these, you know, the purple and gold or something. Um, so we had to really play with a number of different colors to get the balance right. But I hope that we've got it. Oh, I'm, I'm, well, I'm pretty sure we've got it right now. <laughs> you did. It's very elegant. And as you were talking about story too, it made me start thinking about like your story because I'm. it's always interesting to hear how somebody came to uh, just get into tarot cards. I know you come from a corporate background, so that's always interesting. Like, how do you start there and end up here? But also, I suspect that that has something to do with why you have such a successful business because you already knew how to operate as a business. Am I guessing? Is this <laughs> close <laughs> to how it is? Because, like, a lot of people I know that read tarot professionally, they're a little, um, they're just super duper artsy and then they're kind of missing the business minded component yeah I look I mean my two talents I believe spirituality and business like that I have a foot in both camps both of them I'm incredibly passionate about um and very connected to so um yeah in my 20s I you know I studied at university I had a commerce degree and then I majored in human resource management and then I went off into the corporate world for sort of 10-15 years working as a management consultant and then later as a human resource um, consultant. So that work, I mean, that work, like, I was working with big corporates. It wasn't really about like setting up businesses and so on. However, I do think that that has been very important sort of later down the track. Um, in 2012, you know, I was in my early 30s. Uh, I had two like young kids. We'd been traveling and my Biddy Tarot income had finally reached a point where it was more than my um, income in my corporate role. And I thought, oh, you know, this is this is it. It's time to make this leap and really pursue Biddy Tarot full time. Uh, but at the same time in my head, I'm thinking, holy moly, I, had a, I have a master's degree in human resource management and I'd invested all of this time and energy into building this corporate career 
And now I was about to leave it all behind and become a tarot reader. Like on paper, it just sounds stupid, you know, a bit crazy, not stupid, crazy. Um, But I knew in my heart that this was the way to go. And I think what's really interesting is over the last six years, it's definitely come full circle. So now I have a team of 18 people. So having had that experience in human resource management, it absolutely pays off now we've got such a big team. Um, But who would have known, right? Uh, And then even like in my consulting um, career, I learned a lot about you know, just a professional presentation and how you put yourself forward as a professional, which I believe is really coming into play in these last few years. Um, Something that I really pride, uh, you know, our full team on is that like we're treating Biddy Tara as a business. And by that, I mean, you know, every interaction we're having with our customers, it's a big deal. Like we are absolutely serious about, you know, um, pleasing our customers having a really, you know, 100% like beautiful um, experience with us. And yeah, it's just been really important to me that we've we've created a business that is, you know, consistent, reliable, um, and can be a leader in the field as well. Do you feel like it is a personal brand that you are that you are the woman behind the brand? Or are you looking more just for Biddy Tarot to just be this own entity that's even if you walked away from it, it would still function and be its own thing. Does that make sense? Yes. It's a really, it's a really good question. So uh, I'd say probably about three years ago, Biddy Taru was very much about me and, and I certainly at the forefront, I was running the business as if all of my team members were helping me to move this business forward. Um, however, in the last sort of two or three years, I've been so mindful about building up Biddy Taru as its own entity. So I really see like Biddy Taru has its own soul. It has its own destiny. It has its own, you know, personality and characteristics. And I believe that I'm just one part of that. And so is my team. And so are the, our, you know, our broader community. And together we're moving Biddy Taru forward. So oh, I certainly love I agree. that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, I really want it to be, I want it to be an independent thing. I want it to, it's like, you know, raising a teenager and then getting it ready to move out of home and be an adult and have its own like life um, in itself. So, I mean, I'll always be involved with Biddy Taro in some way or another, but we're at a point now where, you know, my team is really taking care of business so that I can focus on launching a book or, um, you know, taking on the next big project while our team takes care of our customers and so on. So it's now it is so much bigger than just me and I'm so glad uh, because I think it just, yeah, it takes on its own life and it can sort of form into whatever it wants to be. Yeah, I love the idea of a business having its own soul. I think that's really interesting. I noticed too, like a lot of the languaging on your website is, I, I feel it's, focused on empowerment, um, but you talk to, I don't, not that I see this word a lot, but it seems like you're really interested in the manifestation process uh, because mm. you, I, is it a video I think I saw you were talking about using Tarot to manifest your dream of living in Spain for six months, and then you said that you actually did that twice, and I was like, that is interesting. I'm going to ask you about that because it's very specific, and I feel like that's a story that could help us get to know Bridget. Yes, yes. Well, actually, this is a whole chapter in um, the Everyday Tarot book is how to use tarot for manifestation. 
because I think when we start to introduce our intuition into the creation process, that's where stuff gets really juicy. And I use it in all areas of my life, you know, not just this trip to Spain, but also um, with our business and uh, just anything that I desire. I, you know, really integrate my intuition in that process. And of course, Tara is the tool that is um, facilitating the intuitive process. So I think like with Spain, it's it was very much about getting clear about what our dream was. Um, and like we knew we wanted to do something big. We just didn't quite know what it was. And so the tarot certainly guided me in terms of giving it a little bit more shape and form about like, okay, what, what could we lean into here? And then also, I mean, both my husband and I, you know, we had two small kids. Uh, we were both still working in corporate then, and to get like six months off to go traveling is kind of tricky um, when you know you're in a, a regular job. Mm-hmm. But we had to really take a leap of faith. I mean, luckily, I think I was still on maternity leave, and my husband decided just to leave his job because you know traveling in Spain for six months is pretty fun. Uh, and in fact, the universe pulled through because. Pretty much as we made that decision that he would leave, like within a week or two, they went through all these redundancies and he was offered a redundancy, which included 12 months salary. Thank you very much. Oh, wow. (laughs) See, to me, that's like the, that is a really great story of following your intuition because if it's truly the voice of intuition and not the voice of fear, I feel like it takes time for some of us to learn the difference. But if you're truly listening to the voice of intuition, I have found in my own life you tend to be guided and things tend to work out in, in your favor that way. Mm, absolutely. Because also, I mean, that trip in 2012 to Spain, that was a catalyst for me feeling confident to then leave my corporate job and pursue Bidi Tarot full time. Um, because it was while we were traveling that I realized, holy moly, I'm building my business as we get to like, you know, drink sangria and eat tapas and hang out with the family. Uh, and this business is growing at the same time. Like, why would I go back to a corporate job that just, it was out of alignment for me at that time. So I feel like it just, everything just dropped together like little breadcrumbs. And the reason it happened that way is because I learned how to trust my intuition and listen to it. And of course, have the tarot cards guiding me along the way as well. So these days, I'm very much about like, you dream it, you can create it, basically. And when you're in connection with your intuition, and you're more in alignment with what your kind of purpose and your source energy is, like that's where the creation stuff happens. Um, When you are coming at things from that place of love and openness instead of fear or ego, then it just lines up. I I can't explain it. It's just fab. Um, It's it's magic. It's magic. Yes, it's good. So that's why, you know, that's why I'm I'm hell-bent on, like, manifestation. And also it's going – it's sort of bucking against the trend a bit because I think oftentimes people think, oh, tarot, it just tells you what's going to happen in the future. Like I'm so disagree with that because if I'm if it's telling me what's going to happen in the future, like where's my control gone? It's just gone out the window. I just it, like if it's a bad outcome, then I'm stuck with it. So I don't really I don't really operate that way. I like to go right. This is what I want. This is how I'm going to get it, and then we make it happen. So that's how I like to use tarot is supporting that process of making those dreams and goals happen. 
Um, do you, I mean, I'd be curious, like for you, Joanna, do you use tarot in that way too? Yes. Using it well, for manifestation? I use it, I use it more as a daily support. So it's more about like, I'd always ask a question that's focused on, on pronoia, like assuming everything is working out for me. What do I need to know today to have a really joyful day, to make this scary thing I have to do not scary, more enjoyable, more fun, of value for everyone. I'm asking questions like that. Um, so I see it really as a tool of support. Uh, and I'm super into manifesting and all of that stuff. But again, it would be more as a support along that journey, just to feel like um, the universe has my back, so to speak. Yeah. And do you know, actually, the image that I've just got in my head is, you know, when you go bowling, and I'm not very good at bowling, so I often end up with those little bumper guard things, you know, on the side? I yes. don't know what they're called. Yes, yes. Those Bumpers. Things. So, yeah, like your daily card readings can actually be like the bumpers in that they just prevent you from going off track. They just keep you rolling down that um, bowling ball lane oh, towards your so goal. Oh, that's good. Yes, I totally get that. Yeah, because I think so often, like, we can get off track. We can kind of, like, lose focus or we can, you know, our motivation goes. But when we're using the cards to stay in alignment with our intuition, it just, again, like, if you're sort of going off track, it just bumps you back into the lane and off you go again. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, you know, I, I wouldn't even downplay, like, oh, I'm just doing, like, a daily read because that's actually an incredibly important part of your manifesting journey for sure. Yes, yeah, for sure. I agree. I agree. So how would you, if you said, I want to achieve this, I want to have six months vacation in Spain. What, yeah. what, for example, would you do with your tarot cards? How, how would that support you? Or how would that be a part of the manifestation process? Yeah, well, actually, let me use an example that I or a story that I shared in, um, in the book. So again, this is, I was in Spain, and I'm thinking about my business and where I wanted to take it. And I mean, this is something I still do now. Um, I was thinking, okay, well, what are, like, what are my money goals? What is it that I want to create over the next 12 months in terms of revenue? And I think I'd been doing maybe about 100000 for the year. And I thought, okay, well, if I've done 100, maybe I could go for 150. I thought, oh, it feels a little bit like uncomfortable, but you know, it's, it's attainable. And then I thought, oh, maybe I could try for 200. I wonder what that would feel like. And I was like, oh, that's a bit out there. And then I thought, okay, I'll just drop in 250 just in case. Um, And what I did then was I took these three numbers and I asked my intuition, my higher self, okay, what might I experience if I went for 150 or 200 or 250? And I drew a card for each. Mm. It was really, really interesting. Because yeah, when I drew the card for 150, the message was, you know what, it's comfortable, you can do it, but I don't think you're going to get that excited about it. And then when I drew it for the 200, I think it was like, I can't remember the exact card, but it was kind of like, yeah, this is looking pretty good. And then when I drew it for 250, I'm pretty sure it was the 10 of cups reversed um, or something along that line. And what came to me was, okay, I could probably get there, but the cost of getting there would be huge, as in, you know, a lack of connection to my family, feeling out of alignment with things, having to push too hard. And so this kind of intuitive calibration process then got me to see, well, 
the place, like the goal that is most in alignment with my higher self is probably 200,000. So even just using Taru for goal setting and finding a goal that is most in alignment with your higher self and your purpose can be incredibly powerful. And often it can push you into that kind of zone of discomfort, but where you're actually stretching and expanding into like a growth, a growth phase. So that can be really neat. Yes. Tarot for multiple choice life, life questions. Yes. And, you know, even um, I often advise like my um, coaching clients who are, you know, starting or growing their business and they're thinking, okay, I've got this course, like how much am I going to price it for? So we pick out like three different prices and then I have them draw a tarot card for each price. Because I don't know, like with pricing, it always does your head in, right? Because you're going, oh, is this too much? Or like, you know, if I put it at this like lower price, people will buy it, buy it but I don't know how I feel about it. Like it just messes with your head completely. But then you introduce the tarot cards and you're asking what's in my highest good here, then you're getting some really solid feedback um, around which pricing might be good for your particular course or offering. Yeah, maybe some guidance on some some issues you might have around a poverty mentality. I really, yeah. I don't see this as much anymore, but there was a few years, maybe this is just a reflection of my own journey, but uh, there was a few years when, when quite a few of us were kind of turning YouTube careers or blogs into like a living and there's a there's a lot of backlash with people saying like you can't charge money for tarot readings you can't charge money for whatever people were trying to charge money for like with a spiritual business and um I just thought that was strange like a collective shadow maybe in the new age community and here you are like your website literally says that you make you have a seven figure business and you just said you're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars right now like it's just the most natural thing in the world <laughs> um so i'm wondering what is your take on that like a poverty mentality and and where are do you feel you're comfortable talking about numbers like that again because you came from um, the corporate world, or is that something you had to work on yourself? Yeah, I'm oh, so glad you asked this question too. It's really good. So, look, everyone has their own story with money, and I respect and honor that. And if someone has the belief that, you know, using spiritual gifts, you shouldn't ever charge money for that, fine, that's fine. We probably won't agree on stuff, but that's fine. Um, the way that I see it is when we are using our spiritual gifts, we're creating value for people. And in Western society, we use money often as a way of showing value. So in my mind, I'm creating huge amounts of value, which is why I am feeling quite confident and comfortable in receiving money. And I also think there's something else that happens with pricing um, and you know money exchange is if I did say if I did one of my courses, like you know, it's over. I think we've got like over twelve hours of video classes in just one course. If I over that course for a dollar, like, are you going to value it as much as you know when we are offering it for two hundred ninety-seven dollars? Like, I want you to come to the party committed, excited. Like, you know, you've had to put forward a part of yourself and invest part of yourself so that you then get value out of that course. So that's another part of my thinking. Yeah, um, it's an investment. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's 
it's part of making the commitment to that course as well and it's part of you getting a result from that course you know love it or hate it I just think that when we put down some money for something we actually start to value it it, it starts that psychology process you know um, the other piece in terms of you know talking about Biddy Tarot as a seven-figure company Originally, I felt kind of awkward and a bit shy about talking about, you know, how how we were doing financially in the company and particularly because I was worried about the backlash. And look, you know, there's always going to be people who have a grumble about, you know, oh, how dare you make all this money? And I think, well, originally I took it to heart and I thought, oh, no, like I'm doing something wrong. But now I realize everybody has their own story with money and sometimes it can make people feel uncomfortable if somebody else is making money. So that's not that's not me. That's their story and I'll let them process it how they need to. But for me, talking about, you know, this, for me it's about talking about a possibility of uh if you really commit to growing a spiritual business, you can turn it into a seven-figure company. I, I always used to downplay that I had a, a tarot company because I thought, oh, people just think it's like this fun, frivolous thing on the side. But the more I started to talk about the financial results, it felt like the more credibility it was giving to those who are outside of you know my industry. Yes. So now I, I stand up there with pride and say I have built a seven-figure company um, in tarot, like, no, you know, can you believe that I can do this? Like, with yes, tarot? you know what? I'm um, not just excited for you, I'm excited for us. I'm excited yes. for everybody who gets excited about that and, and goes, Wow, that's possible. She's just like me, she's a mom, she's totally personable, and obviously, she put the work in. But this is something that I know for sure somebody can create, and I yes. think that's exciting. Yeah, and, you know, I really want to send that message, like, don't just think, oh, just because I read Tower that I'm going to be, like, poverty-stricken for the rest of my life. No freaking way, because uh, if you, like, if you fully commit yourself to it, um, and if, you know, I think you have to really have the mindset that you're creating a business, then it is totally within reach. It's totally possible. It takes a lot of hard work and grit and, you know, resilience and so on. Um, but don't just feel like you're stuck in a box of never being able to earn much money or live like, you know, uh, the lifestyle that you want mm-hmm. because it's it's all there. If you want it, it's there. And, again, that goes back to the whole thing of, like, dream it, create it. Yes. Okay, so I have two questions based on that. One, where what kind of resources do you have for people that want to have a tarot reading business? And then, two, I just want to know what your first experience was charging somebody for a reading. <laughs> so, well, in terms of, like, our resources, um, go over to biddytarot.com. And if you go to biddytarot.com forward slash webinar, dash g-y-t-b-o maybe you can pop that in the show notes i will i will yes 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 (laughs) so webinar dash g-y-t-b-o uh i've got a free training that goes for an hour um around the six pillars to building your uh, tarot business and in that you'll also um You'll also, <clears throat> excuse me, find out more about our Grow Your Tarot Business online program too, which helps you just take it up to that next level. So that's one option. Um, and then we also have a ton of free resources on our site, uh, lots of posts, blog posts written for those folks who are thinking about becoming tarot professionals. Yes. I promise I talk- there's a lot of them listening right now for sure. That's why I wanted you to, to 
give them that information so they have something to go do right after they're listening to you talk about this inspiring business you've created and yeah well definitely check out the free training um again it does mention the program you don't like you're not obligated to take that next step but if you feel really compelled to make it happen then that option's there for you um now in terms of charging for my first reading okay well this is where stuff is a bit embarrassing i love it let's be embarrassing (laughs) so i started charging for readings pretty early on i did a ton of free readings just to build up my um, experience and then because I was working in corporate, I was getting, you know, a salary and what have you. So this was more about pocket money and hobby stuff on the side. So I thought, oh, I'll offer a, um, a Celtic cross, you know, a 10-card tarot reading for $10. Wow. <laughs> it's crazy, Pat. So this, like, these readings would take me, you know, over an hour to do and I was, I was just charging $10. So I tell you what, that would not be my advice these days. Do not start on $10. Um, but for me at that point, it was just, it was more that like, it's, it's just a fun hobby. I wanted to see, you know, can, can I actually receive payment for a tarot reading? Yes. Uh, and I quickly found out that I could. And so in fact, from there, I mean, my prices obviously started to increase and, uh, at one stage I was charging up to $300 an hour for, for an hour long reading, I think by that point I felt uncomfortable and I felt too much and I felt that there was too much expectation and it just felt way out of alignment. Uh, and I think what was actually going on at that point was I was starting to come to the realisation that the my professional tarot reading career had reached its its like sort of its end and I was really stepping into a new place which is more about teaching tarot and being more of a leader in the tarot community. Yeah. Yeah, what an interesting expansion. It seems like you're just constantly expanding that way. Yeah, well, I mean, aren't we all? Like, isn't this like the constant evolution of our lives that we're always changing and growing and, you know, being flexible to accommodate that too? Yeah, ho- hopefully. When does, uh, by the way, uh, I, I have one more question for you. I know we're a little short on time because you're a very busy lady. Um, but when is the release date for Everyday Tarot? Okay, so the book is going to be launched on September 18th. Um, it is available for pre-order like right now. So you can get it over at everydaytarot.com. And then the tarot deck is also available for pre-order now. Uh, and it will hit the bookshelves um, and post boxes uh, from October 2 as well. Okay, cool. Yeah, I just wanted people to know that so they knew that like this is coming and the subtitle is Unlock Your inner wisdom and manifest your future. So there, there's that word manifest. And it's so, so much of what you talk about is intuitive and following your intuition. So is that kind of the, the context for the book? We're talking about accessing your own intuition throughout the book. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's, it is really a practical guide. So it's a little bit, um, I like to share my story and you know how I've been using Taru in my own life and, and what, what it's created for me. And then it is filled with things like uh, rituals, um, tarot spreads. And oftentimes it's not just a tarot spread, like here are the cards, you know, deal them out, but it's more of a process of where you might do a little bit of journaling before you start the reading and then you do the reading and then you might do a visualisation to close out that reading. So I wanted it to be more than just 
here are some spreads, you know, just so that you can lay out your cards. Right. Um, it's more of like an experience that you can integrate into your daily life. Um, and, you know, even like there's full moon and new moon spreads um, and rituals, which are great, obviously, with the lunar cycles. Um, there's a sunrise and sunset ritual that I love that you can do on a daily basis. And even like, you know, really rich, deep experiences like the soul purpose um, ritual, which you know gets you going through a soul dreaming process and then Ooh. doing a reading and um, knowing how to like check in with like as new opportunities arise, you know, are they in alignment with your soul purpose? So there's lots of juicy, yummy stuff um, like that throughout the book. It sounds like like it's a nice template for starting your own spiritual practice. Yeah, it could be, yeah, or just living an awesome life, you know. Yes. That's, that's really what I've designed it for, that this is about you living your best life. It's, you know, not just kind of taking on whatever whatever comes your way, but, again, dream it, create it, make yes. it yours. Yeah, so you're a fan of uh, willpower and, yes. and at least co-creation. Do you believe that you create your reality or that you're co-creating your reality? I think that's a good distinction. I do believe in co-creation. So um, it's it's that beautiful like marriage between like the universal energy uh, and you as this individual in kind of a greater collective. So I think you're always working together like between the individual and the collective to make and, and create mm -hmm. as well. I love that tarot can be a, a, a medium or a bridge or a go-between those two things as well. It, I feel like you can get a yeah. conversation going, not just with your higher self, but with the universe or at least tapping into like, what is the energy right now and where is my place? Yes, because I mean, that's, that's, that is the source of all energy and you need energy to make stuff. So just go straight to the source. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm going to link to, to everything we've talked about here. And your website's so organized, I have a feeling they could find all of this anyway. But we'll put a few links in for everyone. But I love to end by asking the same question. I'm going to tailor it a little bit for you because you are a tarot maven. But um, what is the one tip you have for creating the kick-ass life of your dreams using tarot? I think it's to really believe in and stand by your intuition and to see it as a power that you have. It's not a side thing. It's not some little frivolous thing that you use every now and then. Like this is a full legitimate part of your success path. And, you know, we're, we're all intuitive and some of us a little bit more dialed in than others. Uh, and we ought to be using this superpower like daily. So, yeah, believe in it, trust in it, listen to it, and it will make things happen. That's perfect. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I'm excited to oh. check out your book and your and the tarot deck when it comes out. My pleasure. Actually, can I just also add, we're, um, I'm going to be in the U.S. because I'm sure you've got quite a few American listeners. I'm going to be in the U.S. In, um, in September as part of the Everyday Tarot book launch. So we're going to be in New York City, Atlanta and L.A. So if you are around any of those cities during September, um, I definitely invite you to come along. Check it all out over at uh, everydaytarot.com and look for the events on that page. Oh, how fun. Go get your book and then have your book signed by Bridget. That's awesome. I love it. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Have a beautiful day. Much love to you. Peace.